Today's chat is brought to you by, well, all of your support. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through Podbean's crowdfunding, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a patron of the FFC, please be sure to visit our website and click on the support link. Even a single dollar helps. And for those of you who are already patrons, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search, focus that fire. And so we come together. Join us. Join the discussion. Welcome to Focused Fire Chat. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on August 16th, 2019, over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. As always, I want to give a big shout out to our live chat here with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us once again. This week's episodes are going to be focused around exploring the topic of the lore book, Nothing Ends. This particular episode will serve as what we lovingly call the introductory session of the week's exploration. Before we go any further, however, let's run through a quick introduction of all those who we have with us on the show. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86 Next up, we have our own master of social media, the one and only Green-Eyed Music Lover. Green, I hope you're doing well. How's the week treated you so far? I have 24 hours, less than 24 hours left at this house for the house sitting stuff. So I am excited to get home and to... My sister's coming this next week, so we have a little bit of cleaning and final touches on the house to do before she gets here, but i am it's been a pretty good week. I'm excited to get home, though. That's, that's understandable. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and last, but definitely not least, in the hot seat as guest co-host, we have our good friends from the Guardians of Lore podcast, Hyven and Elmist. Uh, guys, how are you? How are you I, well, let me, let me start. Hyven, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. Okay, Elvis, how are you doing? Doing great. All right, there you go. All right, so we're usually usually it's just one person. So I, I'm like I'm like I am not used to having to so tell just, people to go in order. We should have practiced which one. in tandem. I yeah, guess. I know. Yeah, I mean, we're doing Speaking great. As one voice. Uh, one of us go deep. One of us go high. Make it real creepy. <laughs> just be off like half a beat. So, as usual, I guess give us give us a bit of a rundown of where we can find you guys out in the internet and the world. Where where's the best place to to locate you guys? Uh, you so LMS, why don't you start <laughs> with that? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So Mrs. Hyven, uh, she is currently in chat, but not on the actual you know audio. She handles our Twitter account, and that's at Guardians underscore Lore, uh, and we have. Our podcast posted on uh, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, usual places. Um, we also got the email. That, that's, yeah, we've also got an email at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com. Cool. All right. Well, and, and obviously, don't worry about trying to memorize all that. We'll, I'll be sure to get all the links posted over in our show notes on thelorenetwork.com uh, when the deep dive segment or the, the advanced session goes live this week. But f- 
for this week, Green, you were kind enough to ask the community about their thoughts on uh, something related to Nothing Ends. So how did everyone do on this week's Lore Pop Quiz? I got some real um, <laughs> um, interesting answers this week. Because it's not it like I asked a contentious question say, or anything. You didn't ask a contentious um, question. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I got some interesting responses, though. And the question this week was, do you feel that Shin slash Vale's methods of identifying those who stray off of Sorrow's Road and eventually eliminating them are justified? Why or why not? The community was actually, they were tighter split than I thought they would be. Um they was 66% said yes, that his methods were justified, and 34% said no, his methods were not justified. Uh, there was a couple of different uh, comments that I thought were really interesting. Snake uh, 231K said, the general concept I understand and agree with, his methods are extreme, putting it mildly. Guardians are given a lot of freedom. Dredgen Yor is a good example of things left unchecked. And a lot of light was cut because of him to weed out those who can't help themselves to overindulging in power and failing to falling to darkness can save a lot of lives and make us stronger overall. Uh, Nero said, I disagree with his methods. It's a misleading trap that leaves little room for redemption. There are other examples in game of entities that were desperate in their circumstances and deserve to be redeemed i.e. some of the fallen, his form of capital punishment removes that. Uh, Dredgen Air? Shin doesn't understand how the deep works, even once he's willing to accept a bit of gray. He thinks about the darkness as something to be conquered and then used, not the constant struggle it really is. Also, I love him, but he's an overdramatic bleep and needs to chill. Uh, Dat Rando said, though extreme, his methods made it uh, so no more Dredgen Yours arose. He understood what Yor was trying to do, but the way Yor went about it was even more twisted than how Shin is going about it. He goes on to say that we, the Guardians, basically perfected the road. He wanted Shin to walk. So there's, I mean, there's a lot of different perspectives that people said. Um, some of them I, I personally disagree with. Some of them I think are a little maybe underread with that. But I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think that his methods were justified? I personally think that it's a... I have a mixed mixed thoughts on that also. Um, I, I understand his philosophy behind what he was doing. Uh, they were going down a path that they thought they needed to take. And of course, he knew that some would stray. And why it makes sense to weed them out become, before they become a problem, I think that he quite possibly could have influenced people into taking action that they might not have taken. Um, but granted, he does say that he would prefer to have words with some, um, but unfortunately that doesn't seem to be the case most of the time. So my thinking is just that while a check and balance system needed to be in place, mm-hmm. Shin quite possibly could have influenced people to go over the edge more so than they would have just by tempting the darkness themselves. Hmm. What about you, Blue? I think, and uh, Dino and I are actually on the same page, which, mark this, Dino and I are on the same page. No, I'm joking. Dino Dino actually brought up the exact point that I was going to bring up, is that um, I get I get the... This is similar to my, my response to people's distaste of Anor. 
Um, I, mm-hmm. I get the distaste for Shin. Uh, I, I understand that. And if Shin was indeed the character that they are portraying him to be, I would be on the same page. However, he's not. Uh, we have repeated references to Shin being really, really adamant about trying to talk people down. He is repeatedly trying to talk them out of doing, you know, the the road to sorrow. He is constantly, he tests them, yes, but at the same time, the stakes that they're playing at, it, it doesn't require soft hands. It, it does require a hard lesson. But the other thing that a lot of people think is, or that a lot of people tend to overfocus on when it comes to Shin, especially with all the revelations that have come to light, uh, is that there's this there's this incorrect assumption that he's just running around gunning down people, and that's really not what he's mm-hmm. doing. He's he's constantly trying to redirect them, and he will he he's just not he's not balking at the situations in which he has to take. And he I mean this is where the the play on the last word comes from, because he will make sure that the last word is that of the light. And mm-hmm. that is where, and, and we see a lot of those examples, yes, but we also see repeated references to those examples that he has not done that to. He has ebbed people, he has edged people away from that. And he's taken the curiosity that's within those guardians and guided them safely, you know, into either shadows or back into the light. Um, and here's the thing that I want to, I want to bring up though with him is that, it's like when you have children as okay, so I'm a former teacher, right? So kids will act a certain way in front of a teacher or in front of their parents, and then they will act a completely different way in front of a whole different group of people. Right. So if right. um, oftentimes kids will act out in school because their parents aren't there. Shin, knowing this, sets up a situation to give the opportunity for them to really act the way that they're they're instinctually wanting to act whether they're going to go down sorrow's road and follow callum which we'll get into i'm sure but um or to step away and not follow that and to be true to the road so it's a manipulative move but it's also i think a needed one to truly see what people are actually going for when it comes to sorrow's road are they in for a very um selfish reason or whatnot and how are they are they getting into it what do you think Lou I I just I mean just to interject too I know yes you're 100% correct it is a manipulation but manipulation is a delicate word right it, it's not always mm-hmm. a negative thing and, and, and a lot of times it is I, I fully recognize that but this particular manipulation there are times and places in which manipulation is necessary for and it's it's I know the chat mentioned this as well it's, it's the argument for the greater good um you know, there are times in which manipulation of details are required because there are legit forces that are out there that will misuse that information. You can't be completely transparent. It's it it's a mm-hmm. terrible thing to say this, but you can't be transparent all the time because it will get taken advantage of. That being said, you have to be very careful. And I think that you see that yeah, because Dino is also talking about this here. He says that Shin put extremely extreme amounts of effort to paint the shadows of Yor in the worst light publicly. He isn't the guy that's mm-hmm. out there saying, hey, come down the dark path. Actually, he's he's the guy saying, don't. 
or if you do, he he is the one who is furthering the legend, the guy, the man with the golden gun, saying this is the price that you will pay if you court the darkness. However, he doesn't, so he's not advertising the shadows. People joined, the guardians that joined the shadows, they joined of their own accord. They joined because they were already searching for that. Shin didn't encourage them to come to the dark. They were already looking. Now, once they got there, and we'll, and you're right, we'll get there when we're talking about, like, especially the, the eulogy of Callum. Because we see with Callum that there was, there there's a, there's a, logic a a, uh, rhyme to the meaning of their names that they take on but you know basically what shin saw and you know teb and callum all the all the all the what what i've come to call kind of refer to as the true shadows they all saw this disparate group of guardians who were just going willy-nilly searching you have toland you know toland's the primary one you had osiris running exile you know there's a lot of disparity and a lot of the splintering of all these faiths of of guardians on what what exactly they're supposed to be doing and Shin is seeing that, and so basically, it's a it's you can look at the shadows of yore as yeah, sure, it's a it's a honeypot, it's a it's you know it's a it's a, a roach motel, if you will, or whatever you want to call it, whatever whatever word for trap you want. But what it does is it brings all those people who were already splintering those these were already schismatic individuals, but it brings all those schismatic individuals back into a chokehold or a choke point, and then Shin again, he is constantly coming back to he is trying to have an honest conversation with them he will give them on we have an exact scene of exactly that he is having a confrontation with shadows of the ore and anor makes the assumption that he is going to kill them but i mean we don't we don't know because we never see the full thing play out and it, it's that it's the again the the bias that is being portrayed here from all sides all sides. i mean shin's not innocent here i'm not saying that but what I am saying is like to right. simplify him down into a um, a Punisher level vigilante does a disservice to what he actually is doing. Mm-hmm. Hyven? Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with those thoughts. And, you know, I don't think that it is as black and white as just he is bad because he's he's killing people. Uh, for me, I think that, you know, I'm, I'm on board with Shin's tactics, to be honest, because I, I think he does... We'll, you know, we'll get into what his kind of his end goal is. In order to walk this gray line, he, he's going to have to attract some of those darker-minded guardians. Uh, you know, my only thinking is that by giving somebody a group to be part of, maybe it might fuel some of the intentions that they might not have acted on in their own. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. as Blue mentioned, he he definitely has given everyone an option. I mean, Letters from a Renegade is exactly kind of that for us. And he, he warns us that if we go too far down that path, he will take action. So I definitely think he's handling it lightly. Well, not lightly, but cor- correctly, properly. But at the same time, it's one of those things where sometimes if you don't have an outlet, maybe you don't go so far that there is no recourse, that you can't come back. Um, so that was kind of my only thinking on the on the, the the argument. But as a whole, I think that what he's doing is very effective. And honestly, you can't argue with results at some level. Alamus? I uh, completely agree. Um, like, Shin at this point has given these Guardians who were turning to the darkness an outlet. Um, that way he can control how the, they are, are seeking out the darkness. Um, 
that way, if there is a corruption, he can snuff it out as quick as possible. And if there's any guardians who who aren't truly looking for that, then they're going to get weeded out anyway. I can definitely see that. Um, it is, and we'll we're definitely going to get into that with the the advanced episode when we dive a little bit deeper into the book. Um, as far as this episode goes, blue. Do you have anything else before we kind of dive into the background and everything? No, I think, I mean, like, I, I think I, I agree with both of those statements. I think the thing that makes me, uh, with the group piece, I think is it goes into the chicken egg argument, right? It's like, which one came first? Um, and I think that's a really good, really good argument too, is like, you know, did the group already, like, was it because the group that they went down the dark road or was it they were already going down the dark road and the group just helped you know like you can have that cyclical argument and and both sides are both sides have legit points um but yeah no i i I like it i know i love hearing thoughts you know even even the thoughts that you know i disagree with or green or green disagrees with or we agree with i mean the conversations that those those thoughts and those questions those opinions Mm -hmm. they 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 spark these conversations and that's that's the 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 crux the heart of what we what we want is we want to have those conversations that's that means that people are actually you thinking you know think think for yourselves like question everything you know what is the 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 assassin's creed thing um everything's allowed question everything um or i'm I'm sure i butchered that but (laughs) so we always love hearing those thoughts so you'll be sure to keep them coming uh green you toss those questions out on twitter each week i believe that's on your twitter account right green eyed music lover it is. And I do tend to retweet it through the Focus Fire chat. So if, if you are not following me directly and you're following following FFC, you'll likely see it. Um, but yes, those come directly from my account. Perfect. And then I know that we have it set up on our Discord server to uh, automatically scrape those in there so they get a chance to weigh in on them as well, just in case you're not, you know, if you're among those who aren't as comfortable with the Twitterverse. Uh, but, you know, enough with my chatter. I know everyone is looking forward to diving into the discussion. So let's get the standard housekeeping notes out of the way and then we'll get right into it. Last week, we discussed the menagerie. If you're enjoying the show, please be sure to rate, and if you don't mind, leave us a review on iTunes or comment on the episodes on Podbean or whichever podcasting app you use to enjoy podcasts. Reviews are extremely helpful as they not only let us know what we can do better for you, but also help to continue to expand the FFC family, allowing more and more perspectives to be heard. To those of you who have already taken the time to leave us a review, thank you. As many of you are aware, Focus Fire Chat is a community in which we offer the chance to dive into lore from within various titles and mediums with a special focus on the Destiny universe. Every Friday at about 10 p.m. Central, the podcast team gets together to stream a summary of the chosen topic for that week. The hope for this is to help encourage dives into aspect of game lore within both our Discord server and within the other communities we share the digital world with. If you're a fan of lore in all its various forms, be sure to also check out thelorenetwork.com, a central hub for content that covers a wide variety of different titles and mediums. Our full show notes for each week's topic will be posted here, so for the additional information or guest details, be sure to check the site out. Next week's topic is going to be a preparation discussion for Shadowkeep. That being said, however, we still want to hear your thoughts about this week's topic. Be sure to weigh in over on Discord, and don't be shy in tagging any of the team in the conversation. We cannot wait to read what your thoughts are.
and and then so basically green i'm gonna i'm gonna let you continue doing your amazing job as as our resident lore master and leading us through the intro you are setting things up in a funny way tonight. <laughs> um, i know why you're doing it but it's, it's fine it's fine it's whatever uh, so one of the things I want to do with the introduction episode for people who may just be jumping into the story of destiny, um, the story of destiny itself does not cover last word or thorn really at all until you get into D2 when you're getting the weapons again, unless you dive into the lore itself or in the written lore, you're not going to know what's going on really until you get to when we see Callum's ashes strewn strewn up against the rock and that's the only in-game stuff we really have so what i'd like to do with this episode in particular the introduction one is to kind of go and do a recap of the last word and thorn story and kind of where we are at before we get to nothing ends the book that we're discussing this evening blue you are so (laughs) weird i don't even know how to go on from here i'm just going to blue tag oh so so basically i don't even know where i'm supposed to go with this um (laughs) basic story of last word thorn oh man last word thorn okay so way back in the wayback machine actually you know what here i'll just list out some of the episodes that we've talked we've we've talked about this um we talked we started we started way back on episode 19 this was the Dredge and Yorn Jaren Ward episode. And uh, like I said, episode 19, we're on episode 177. And it's going to, I mean, we're, we, this is one of the longest running stories. Arguably, this story has been running, om- actually, it has been running ever since D1 yeah, dropped. Since D1. Um, so this story is, you know, four plus years in the making. And it has continued to grow. Uh, and so we started the analysis with episode 19 for with Dredgen, Yorn, and Jaren Ward. Then we jumped to Dredgen and Thorn in episode 56. We did a recap of the story up till that point at episode 81 with the story of Yor. Then we did another recap because we kept getting more and more supplements in Yor's legacy. That was around the time that we learned the first learning about the shadows of Yor. And that was episode 156. Then we got the Book of Unmaking with 159, Letters from a Renegade, which we had mentioned in the intro with 161, and then For Every Rose a Thorn book was 165, and then now with Nothing Ends, this is 177. So we we have gone through, what's that, seven episodes, this is the eighth episode, um, and all those previous episodes, those were those were some of our longest episodes. I'm gonna not lie. I know that like Story of Yore and Yours the Legacies were easily two plus hours of discussion on those. Because there is If I remember correctly, eighty one was the story of Yore was when we had Bython. Yeah, I wanna say it was either that one or yeah, because Story of Yore was the one with uh, Bandit number one. Um, Mm -hmm. and that one I think was like two and a half, maybe three hours. Like it was, that was a, a deep dive. It was almost three. Was it three? Okay. Oh yeah, that's right. You were saying, you were saying you had just listened to that. Um, but I mean, it's like there, there's, there is a ton of content and the thing that again, and I've said this a lot too with Thorn and last word, um, the cool thing, the reason that this story still stands out so strongly for me is actually the actual story is pretty pretty simplistic. Like it's it's very very linear in the presentation. Looking now, however, at the time when we were actually introduced to these things, it was drip fed to us in very sporadic bursts, and they were all mm-hmm. out of order. 
so there was a lot of puzzling together the pieces with this particular story, especially in D1. We didn't have... With Rezl yeah, we in didn't, particular. With Rezl, uh, with Dredge and Yor, Rezl. Uh, we, we still, I mean, there's still a lot of that we don't know, especially about Ward, uh, with, uh, Ward's ghost and, uh, Shin's ghost. We don't know if there's, there's a number of theories about that. Like there, this is, mm-hmm. this is arguably nothing ends is arguably a potential. I, I don't think it is, but it is technically a potential conclusion to the story. Um, personally, I don't think it will end because I, I think, and that's because of some of the stuff that we've talked to uh, the writers about. I don't think is it's over just yet. Um, and the the cool thing is, is that while, you know, the story of Thorn and the Last Word were set in periods that we don't know when. We know roughly uh, when they were happening, but we don't know exactly when in the timeline, if you want to call it that, the time amoeba. Um of destiny, mm-hmm. we don't really know where exactly the the stands took place. We have a we're, we're getting a better idea, but we don't know exactly. Whereas those were kind of amorphous. Uh, everything in D two has been pretty much concurrent with what was what is going on in game. Nothing ends is actually taking place right now in game. Uh, for every Rose of Thorn took place at the time it dropped. You know, letters from a renegade war to our guardian. It was as it dropped. You know, it there there are very specific things that were that have been brought to concurrent. So we are now seeing a convergence of the story of Shin at least with our own, and that's really cool too. I, I really kind of like seeing Shin in a way react to our guardian as uh, not just as a like a arbitrary narrator. Um, but really quick, uh, Thorn and Last Word. Basically, we see the rise and fall of a, a massive hero. Uh, originally, his he went by the name of Rezal Azir. Uh, he was arguably one of, if not the leaders of the the newly formed Guardians at the time. With the Last City, he was responsible for a lot of the protection and the giving of hope, which is something that is a constant theme in this story. Uh, but over time, he basically, through pride, got waylaid and fell. And part of that fall was the shedding of Rezl's name and the taking up of Dredgen Yor's name. Um, and that took place on the moon. Um, With the wizard and the knight. Yes. The betrothed. Yes. And that is where he was still Rezl at that time, but that's when the whispers started with him because he basically took the bones of the knight and grafted them onto his hand cannon, which at the at the time was Rose. The Rose would become Thorn. Um, Now, after that occurred, we don't know how much time passed. We have an idea that it was it was a pretty good amount of time. There were things that we are pretty sure happened, such as uh, the death of uh, Pahanin, the death of uh, the arguable death of Thalor, the the domination of the Crucible. All these things were going on. Uh, Dredgenor became very, very infamous. Dredgenor became basically the Guardian's equivalent of a boogeyman in a way. And this all culminated with uh, a final stand. Well, let me take that back real quick. One of the things that happened following the the corruption of Rezel and the, the formation of Dredgenor was that there was a town named Palamon. And there was a a child there who went by the name of Shin Malfer. Now Shin has his own story that we've kind of, we've, we've also explored as well. Uh, we explored a, 
bit of it in ghost stories um, and throughout a couple of the, I think it was the book of unmaking the letters from a renegade. We kind of talked about that a little bit, but Shin, Shin has his own backstory that it's, it's important, but it's not important to this particular piece. What is right, but the last the last stand is pretty important. Right, right, though. yeah. But and the... I think the build up to the last stand is is arbitrary in relation to it. I mean, there's the concept of Shin joining with Jaren, getting involved. Yeah. Right, so that that is the only really major important thing. If we're going to cliff note it, um, yeah, Jaren and Shin hook up, and there's Jaren basically becomes um, a father figure for father Shin figure. because Dredge right. and Yor so, destroys Palamon. And so right. then that leads um, to them hunting after Dredgen, which leads to Jaren's being killed, which then leads to Shin seeking his own revenge, which then leads us all the way into the last stand or the the stand on Dwindler's Ridge. Um, as far as right, and I actually want um, the guys from Guardian of Lore or the Guardians of Lore, Elamist and Hyven, to kind of take that lead on that one. Because we have two different perspectives on it now. We have the original perspective, and then the perspective that we're getting from the newer books. So if you guys could kind of tag team and do um, the initial one that we got, the, the story that we had initially gotten, the legend that we got, and then kind of dive into the newer information that we have on it. I think that'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, sure. Do you want to start, Elmist? Well, I was going to tell you that you could. <laughs> Either way, you know I can rant for a long time, so I'll let you get going. I'll chime in. All right, so the original legend was that, um, like Blue had said, Dredgen Yor happened across Palamon, wiped everybody out, and so it was Jaren and Shin. Um, eventually, Dredgen Yor killed Shin, and that drove... Uh, or, sorry, Dredgen York killed Jaren, and that drove Shin to seek revenge. Um, after years of, of training and building up his light, and with the help of, of Jaren's ghost, they actually do have a showdown. Um, it, it was like Shin just popped his golden gun and shot Dredgen York, killing him. Um, you know, final death and all. But in the the cards, they never actually mentioned that Dredgen Yord pulled his gun or anything. Yeah, and I was just going to chime in. I th- forget what book it is in, but Shin talks about how the fact that the fact that he was painted as uh, in a way that made him seem innocent, if that maybe changed our view of his justification for his actions. And while the original story was told from the perspective of of a boy who watched his whole world crash down. Um, whereas now he's letting us in on a little bit more of some of the details about the event and how things were not exactly as, as they were originally explained. He's given us some details about uh, yours, motivations, uh, his own, and it, it's definitely changing a little bit of the perspective we as reading the lore can gain, but it also seems that the perspective of, of Shin changed over a considerable period of time. So from the perspective, the new information that we have, you kind of touched on it a little bit with the the fact that the cards never said that um, Rezel or Dredgen Yor ever drew his weapon. That was what I had interpreted as far as like the new information that we got on that is that, hey, 
it wasn't that Shin was more powerful necessarily than Yor. It's the fact that Yor kind of set himself down and passed on the torch, so to speak. Well, I I would disagree. Um, oh? Because the thing was, is that it it was that Shin was more powerful than Yor. That was the entire lesson that Yor was actually teaching. Because Yor had a tendency to let others fire first. Uh, we saw that with Jaren, and Jaren was unable to kill him with a mundane bullet. Uh, mm-hmm. And and to be fair, to, to be clear, Jaren was also in possession of the last word. It was the the actual. Uh, uh, God, I just blanked. The transfusion of light that Shin was able to manifest through the golden gun that actually burned Yor and killed him. Uh, mm-hmm. Because that, and that was, that was that force, that this concept of this forced evolution, this, this chain that we'll, we'll definitely get into with the nothing ends conversation. Um, because each step in the evolution is able to bypass or to surpass the previous, the previous chain link. Each link mm-hmm. in the chain progressively gets stronger and stronger, and that that comes back and and that's where you also see uh, Shin call out that you know there was a lesson that Yor was teaching, and he just was he he was too emotional at the time to see it, but now that he's had time to reflect and all that, he he kind of he's understanding that you know it wasn't necessarily Yor wasn't necessarily the force of nature that everyone thinks he was. He wasn't not he wasn't a good thing though. Like he definitely wasn't good, but there was something to be gained from the time that Shen spent with like following his his footsteps. You know, chasing the man man in black across the desert, if you will. Um, <clears throat> and and when he finally did take Yor down, it was because Yor let him. Like Yor gave him the first shot because that was the test. The test was if you if you have the first shot, are you able to to put me down? He gave Jaren the same thing, and Jaren was not able. Jaren shot, and Jaren doesn't miss. But that was the whole thing. Is like because that was the in in the original um, conversation that we had back in D one between uh, Jaren's ghost and Yor. Jaren's ghost calls that out. He says Jaren never misses, and he's like, nope, he doesn't. He's like, but you're still alive. Yep. And he's not. And like that's that's the thing is like Thorn was already a paracausal weapon at that point. The last word, at least in Jaren's hands, was not. And that's the infusion that Shin brings to the last word, which then allows him to bypass your surpass your. So in a way, in a way, I would argue that Shin actually proves that he is stronger than Yor in the same way that we now see with Nothing End, his acknowledgement that through the purification of the original thorn that becomes Lumina, we are now surpassing Shin. And that's actually, again, we'll, we'll get into it, but that's actually part of the argument that he makes in the first entry, the, in, the internal chain, mm-hmm. was you are the next link in the chain of our evolution just as in just in the same way eventually there will come one that will be the next link after you and that's the that's the kind of the the uh, metaphor that he uses to explain this stuff black flag is saying something as far, that i agree with as well last word alone yes. was not paracausal it took the blazing rage of shin's fire to the infusion your, the infusion um, of his his light his light into the golden gun the catalyst of that rage or the the catalyst that was his rage was what enabled him to to evolve 
as a guardian. He 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 literally was able to manifest his light in a new fashion. Are and th- and this is where it kind of gets difficult, right? Because we don't know for certain if Shin was the first Golden Gun user. I know there's that this is a very big big debate. Um and and Dino <clears throat> that's exactly right. <laughs> Dino is Dino is talking about that. Um because the other thing about Shin's Golden Gun is it is different. It is different than our Golden Gun. Shin can hold it indefinitely it seems. Um, frolicking through the forest yeah, with the yeah. golden gun oh that my never ends. God, it's so annoying. I'm <laughs> like, I'm like Anor. Like that entire mm-hmm. that entire entry is both amazing uh. and annoying at the same time. But um, <laughs> but like that's where the the legend of the man with the golden gun. You know, that's where it sparked. You know, that's where it came came to came to be, is because that was how he defeated Yor. And so there's a legend now that Shin was the first user of the Golden Gun. Um, I, there's not enough information for me to say one way or the other, you know, comfortably. I see both sides. Um, it also, you know, I, I don't know. That that particular one, just for right now, we don't have enough input. or don't have enough facts to, to weigh in, I think. Ivan, what do you think? Yeah, I was going to say exactly what, what Blue was starting out, that he, he kind of gave everyone the first shot. It was part of what he was looking to fulfill um you know it just made me think of in the thorn card his thorn four his last conversation with his ghost his ghost said a man can be killed and he says there it is a sliver of hope and why i don't necessarily know that it was him wanting to die i think it's almost sword logic like he was looking for somebody who could become strong enough to progress Kind of what he had started, I think he realized that maybe his path had veered from what his original intent was, but I think he knew what he was doing in basically helping Shin to fuel that rage that progressed him forward. Um, So I think that was why he gave people the first shot. He was looking for somebody who was more than him. Right. And we get that in the uh, Letters from a Renegade, where Shin even discusses this concept of um was he was he a tired essentially a tired yeah. soldier ready to move on or whatnot or is was it literally me just being able to do it yeah. so because from the beginning i had I, always thought that it was i kind of always assumed that he hadn't raised his gun it was odd it always felt wrong to me and i know mm-hmm. some people like to just say you know shin's just a he just finished him so fast but i kind of appreciated the the depth that we've gotten in these cards um, that it really mm-hmm. does seem that your I don't think we'll ever know what was going on in yours head, but there was definitely something else going on other than just a basic duel and him just trying to, you know, raise towns and destroy things. Yeah. Uh, so since then, since we've had Dwindle's Ridge and Dredge and Yor being killed by Shen, the the whole legend of the man with the golden gun starts up. And then towards the end of D1, we get the appearance of shadows within the lore a little bit. So we have the concept of these various shadows showing up and doing things that would be towing the line. A lot of people thought they were kind of sort of bad guys, which they kind of sort of put themselves up as bad guys. But they show up for a while and fast forward through D2 a little bit, we get more of their story with Shen and some of the different books that we've gotten since then. Uh, do we want to touch on any of these in particular in relation to nothing ends or 
I'm trying to figure out a good way to kind of segue us into the advanced episode. Um, I mean, are you talking about like the shadows in particular? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and th- their purpose and their so the reason why they came about. They do. There is a mention. <clears throat> excuse me. There is a mention of the true shadows that we'll see. Like the I, I kind of refer to them as the inner circle, if you will, uh, that we know are still around. Uh, and I think, let me pull it up real quick. It was Dredgen, uh, Tatalis, uh, was one that's Braga, uh, Braga Yasul, uh, Callum Soul, obviously, which we'll talk about here. Uh, let me, I have these listed on my list here, just making sure, uh, Dredgen Meyer, which is Jonah Pavic, uh, Dredgen, who was the other one? Uh, Dredgen Vale, which is Shen. And then Dredgen Bane, which is Tebin. Uh, technically, the Drifter was involved, but I don't think I, that debate is still going in my head. Uh, he was Dredgen Hope, uh, technically. Uh, Dredgen Scar is Zana Moss, which is the other one. Uh, those are the Dredgens that actually were within, with the exception of Dredgen Hope or the Drifter, which I, I still am on the fence about. The other ones that I mentioned, those are actually mentioned as being kind of aware of this whole thing. Like they are aware of what's going on, um, which I think is important because that kind of sets the stage that, you know, there's a lot of conversation about did Shin do all this playing everybody? And the answer that I've always kind of felt was the case is no, there's no way he could have pulled this off, especially with the involvement of Bane um, and him. Bane and Vale were like, you know, they're crossing fingers. Like they were back to back on a lot of stuff. And there's no way that I think that they could have coordinated that or Shin, Shin, I don't think alone could have. And we basically get confirmation that all of the inner circle of the shadows were aware of, of Shin's person, like Shin was Vale, and they were aware of that dual uh, face that he was wearing, um, and that's really important with the very beginning of the Nothing Ends book because that's the the final revelation of the truth about Callum, which I think is if you have not read it, I really encourage you to go read it because it puts to it answers the whole uh, debate with the part in I think it's the Malfeasance quest at the very end. Uh, it answers the problem or the questions that a lot of people had about the ghost that Callum supposedly or the ghost that Callum stabs. Um, uh, we we know now that he that was not his ghost. Uh, we actually know Callum's ghost's name uh, now, which is Paola, uh, and she she is, for all intents and purposes, she is still around. Um, mm-hmm. We don't know. We know that Callum is not. Callum was, uh, he, he agreed to RTL or Return to Light, uh, and that was his sacrifice. That was his, his sacrifice in order to allow for the culling of the shadows. And that's, and that's another thing that I, I think is kind of an interesting nod is that all these titles seem to have a um, indicator of what they're doing. Dredging Cull. It's, it's, it's interesting to me that Dredging Cull was the catalyst for 
the call of the shadows. Uh, we talked about dredge and veil and like a veil, like a veil, it's spelled V A L E, but it's also kind of, it sounds like a veil that you put over your eyes, you know, which brings into question, what is dredge and hope for the drifter dredge and totalist for Braga dredge and, uh, Bane, you know, all these other ones, Meyer scar. Um, and then, uh, what was the, yeah, I think that was all of them. You know, that's, that's the thing that I think is the question for me right now is where where do they get these titles like where do they where do, or title or their names okay, so they're shedding their shedding their second names or what what have you um you know where does that come from i think is a good question that i i would love to see a little bit more exploration on um but i think as far as like the shadows themselves i would argue that if anything this book is a mark and i think dino was dino and i were talking about this in chat just a minute ago if anything, I think nothing ends is if if it's a conclusion to any story, it's a conclusion to the story of the shadows of yore. It's not. I I don't agree that it's a conclusion to Shen's story, but yeah, that's be that's because of external information. But yeah, I, I think it's a that, passing of the mantle, at least of sorts. A conclusion of a chapter. Right, right, right. It's it's a passing. It's a conclusion of a chapter. But as everyone knows, the conclusion of one chapter is just simply the beginning of another. I mean, nothing um, ends, though, right? So right. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. It's almost like there was a. Yeah. Anyways, what do you do? You think we should wrap up there and use that as the introduction episode? I know that we're still trying to figure out exactly where to parse this one out because it is such a massive story. Hard not to take a deep dive at this point. Oh, it is. It really is. But this, I think, that gives us a good introduction to everything and a good um, basis of what to do or what to pull from as we're getting into this debate of this next book that we're going to actually talk about. Yeah. Um, and bl- real, Blue's hinting at it. A yeah. Bit. And real quick, Dino, Dino's putting it pretty succinctly and, and really well. Uh, it's quite literally the time, the, the conclusion of the last word thorn story, because now we right. have both of them. We, we, so mm-hmm. this, this is just to be clear. We now have the original last word and the original thorn. There is there is now a confirmation that that is where these two artifacts have been or are now. We know where they are. They are in the Guardian's hands. Now, that brings up a whole different argument about MMOs and lore canon and all that. But but we know that the weapon, the exotic weapon thorn that becomes Lumina, the, and then the exotic weapon, the last word that we got also here. Those are the original guns. So these are this is the conclusion of that story because that that that's literally the the bringing together of those two artifacts. Yeah. But yes, so um yeah, I guess real quick. So before we we jump, we'll we'll do our shout outs and then obviously we're gonna we are gonna jump into the advanced session, um, which you guys will be able to hear later this this week by the time you're hearing this episode. But real quick, uh, shout outs just for the intro session. Uh, Guardians of Lore, Gaz Guest, you guys get to go first. Do you guys have any big shout-outs for, for this one? Elemis, do you want to get us started? <laughs> I talk too much, man. <laughs> sure. Um, shout-out to, to you know you guys for allowing us to be here and talk your ear off, because we know that I'm the talkative one. Uh, <laughs> and shout-out to Mrs. Ivan for, for getting us connected. Yay, the woman behind Yes, I have to second those. Shout out to my wife, Mrs. Hyman. She uh, never would have expected her to be interested in being in our podcast, uh, but it was a happy surprise, and 
as someone who is not very active on Twitter or any social media, she really handles uh, the page. And anytime you are tar- talking to Guardians of Lore, you are talking to her. So shout out to her and, of course, to you guys for having us on. Uh, yeah, always always enjoy talking about the lore. Thank you. It's, it's really, it's a lot of fun to have people on who do dives like we do. Like, I love our guests that are kind of green in the lore because we get to teach them. But you guys, we actually get to utilize your knowledge as well. And everyone gets to hear the perspectives from a different point of view. So, and you guys on. So that's one of my shout outs. I'm going to steal it from Blue real quick because I know that's one of his shout outs. So, ha, ha, ha. I know. It's fine. You love me. But um, as far as another shout out, and I'm just going to kind of roll with it. Shout out to Coffee. Because <laughs> that is... God, man, you're a just taking you're taking all season. my shout outs. <gasps> I know. You thefter. It's like I planned no, this. You oh, you I'm such a shadow. I'm such a shadow. I'm just going to s- steal all your things. Anyway, um, yeah, shout out to Coffee. Shout out to just the wives of any content creator or significant other of content creator in general because we can't do this without your necessarily permission, but without your good grace of this. So thank you. Thank you for that. Blue, your turn. I'm trying to decide if I'm going to be like super snarky <laughs> and and do this. When are you not? Okay, fair do enough. It. I want to give a shout out to all the lore masters. No, no. I, I'm just, this is this is kind of throwback to a, a conversation we had on Twitter this afternoon. Um, but I just, I think it's silly to, to base what you refer to someone as based off anything uh if they know what they're talking about they know what they're talking about in the story as far as i'm concerned um so just if that's yeah i don't i don't even know that's incredibly vague i just i don't know how to okay so basically we get pulled we got i got involved in a conversation in which it was brought up that female gamers or female fans discuss narrative and lore and they get called dumb whereas if a male gamer or fan discusses lore they're called lore masters and I basically responded with the fact that this is beyond silly and that if you are going through this and have anyone who is going through this, that please send them to our chat because I don't care if you know what you're talking about. I will chat your ear off. You can ask Green about this. Mm-hmm. I will chat your ear off if you start talking about something that I'm passionate about, that you're passionate about. And it doesn't matter if you're purple. It doesn't matter if not purple the person, purple like the the whatever god that was a terrible uh red <laughs> colors uh, aren't safe you know, yeah colors are not safe i just i keep from being reminded of that but like it doesn't mm-hmm. matter to me i don't care and i don't think that's one of the best things about the focus fire community is that that is a general consensus no one cares about that component um i don't care if you're wearing pajamas and sitting with your bare feet on the table I don't worry. I don't worry if you're, uh, you know, a, a woman, a girl, a, a man, a, a robot. I I'd probably talk to you more if you were a robot. But you know, like I don't care. I don't care if you're a dog. Bring your dogs. I love dogs. Let's talk to dogs. But it's it's just to me. It's why can't you just have a conversation? And that's the big thing for me. That's kind of triggered me today. Is like this this just repeated conversation that seems to be going around about how you don't fit in the box so you're not allowed to join us and it's just it it just got it just yeah it's just stupid um mm-hmm. and i and i just a big shout out to ffc because thankfully it's such a non issue in our chat 
on Discord and the in the Twitter conversations that I involve myself with because of the Focus Fire community. Um, you know, anywhere that I see Focus Fire people talking, this is nowhere in there. Nowhere in there is there something like this. And I just huge shout out to the community that has grown up around our ramblings and our silliness and just gotten to be seriously one of the best places I can think of to spend my time and one of the safest places that I can think of to spend my time. I, I have, I'll be honest, I have no hesitation if my, if my son wanted to game with most of the people that I game with because the game with focus fire people, there's no question that I would let any of them play with him. And he's a six year old. Like I don't have a problem with any of them getting on a chat. And actually, now that I say that most of them have gotten on chats with my son and I mm-hmm. and they no problem at all. I don't have to worry about anything. And I think that cannot be said enough as a thank you to the community here that the more I kind of venture out into the world, the more I'm like, nope. <laughs> I'm going back to where I know it is. Except for apparently wet chinchilla. Yeah. They're not child friendly, I guess. Appar- apparently. apparently. <laughs> according to oh, it's okay. according to <laughs> wet chinchilla. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay chinchilla you can come and we can play and we my i have an adult chat it's fine it'll be fine yes and if they were a tree we would never mind no let's not bring up this <laughs> tree thing again chat is never gonna let me live this down it's fine oh my gosh okay so i don't know how we're gonna say goodbye on this one do you have a a, a sign off for us blue I, I, for this I had introduction written down. hang on hang on i had some written down oh my gosh no i can't find it I can't find it. I had a list. I had a list, but I don't know where it went. Just, Bye. I don't know. <laughs> All right, that's done. Moving on. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusedfirechat. Links to all our episode archives can also be found at www.focusfirechat.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments or questions for our team concerning the podcast and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. Also, be sure to check out all the amazing work being featured over on thelorenetwork.com. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright.